Welcome back to another episode of A Bite of D&D, where we add flavor to your games and campaigns. Pretty sure I said that weird, but that doesn't matter because I am joined here on the internet, as always, with my co-host, Zach. How's it going today, guys? And this week, we're going to discuss something a little bit different, just because there's been a whole bunch of posts popping up on the D&D group as of late. And if you're on there enough, you'll see this sort of thing pop up semi-regularly anyway. But we figured we'd go ahead and address that. Yeah. So, Zach, what is this complaint, this issue that we've been seeing pop up lately? Well, so the the post that kind of caught my attention was regarding one specific instance, and it's it's one that's reoccurring. But the to to kind of generalify this for a moment before we narrow it down into specific items, the idea is my specific player, a specific player at my table, is too powerful. How do I fix that? How yeah. do I scale it back, or how do I make that player scared or suffer or die or rethink their life choices or want to play something different or want to work with me to scale their character back or, you know, all the, of that sort of questions. The theme generally being it's it kind of stems from a DM versus players mentality or a player versus DM mentality, I guess, depending on which side of the fence you're on on that. But it's I'm not able to punish my player and now I feel like they're punishing me by playing that class. Why is yes. it so unfair? Yes. Or a, I'll, I'll offer, I think you're exactly right, I'll offer a more gentler option, which is I want all the people at my table to have fun, and I feel like everyone's fun is being stifled by this character who I feel like is way more powerful than anyone else. So the example... I think that pops up most often, and it's definitely the one we're kind of basing this around, is Rogue's evasion ability. And the complaint was that dragons don't feel very powerful or exciting when they just always take no damage from the fireball or the lightning breath or whatever it is that the dragon is raining down on the party. Uh, and I believe on a failed save, they take half damage instead of full damage. Very powerful ability. Pretty classic rogue in that sense. There's a lot of... And, and if you get on, you know, the forums or whatever, there's there's plenty of answers to this. I mean, we can go over some of them. But there's 10 good answers or 10 good remedies, solutions for this problem, specific problem. But I think that all of those solutions are ignoring... Th this problem is coming about... It, it, it's a symptom, not the cause of the real issue, which is that the DM has a frustration with a player because that player didn't overaccomplished in an area. Is that a fair statement? I feel like that's a relatively fair assessment. Again, I think it comes from a place of kind of the me versus them mentality. And I feel like we can all get in that into that a little bit because you want to challenge your players. You want to make them feel as if you know they're in an epic adventure they're in an encounter that's above over their heads you want them to feel that pressure so it's not always coming from a place of oh i want to make my players suffer oh i want to get as many tpks as possible that you kind of see floating around out there sometimes it's just you feel like you're not giving enough of a challenge to your players and you don't know what to do about it right and it's not just the rogue with evasion i've had 
I've heard several complaints about the rogue with damage or a wizard with damage or a bard with skills or, you know. Or the paladin giving plus two on everybody's saves, making it that much more difficult for you to do anything. Yes, exactly. Sometimes that's your fault. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I think all of these things have one thing in common, which is DM is frustrated with a player that is overachieving, at least in their eyes. And so what I want to kind of throw my hat in the ring as far as a response and say that I believe that it's okay for a player to overachieve. And it's, a, it's, it's okay for a player to hyper-specialize or to be super good at one thing or at a couple things. And I don't think that this is a reason to hurt that player or change the rules or adjust your standard encounter or X, Y, or Z. I think that this is, you, you need to let those players and those classes, those races, I mean, elves, you know, they're going to have, they have that immunity to charm. That's frustrating if you're running a lot of creatures that have charm abilities. That's not the player's fault. They're good at something. That, that should be a perk. So, so yeah, I just, I think that classes have variety, right? Classes are designed for different things. Each class is not meant to be similar to the others. They're each supposed to have their strengths and their weaknesses. And the rogue strength lies in its dexterity. And if you're, if you're frustrated by their ability to evade AOEs, then you are missing the whole point of the rogue class. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. And what I, we kind of discussed this before we even started, but I mean, it really comes down to when it comes to sometimes some people outshine everyone else or they're incredibly proficient in one field. I mean, that's just life. Everyone likes to comment about how certain abilities aren't more realistic or try to add more realism into the game. And then on the flip side, you see stuff like this where people are upset that one particular class with this one particular ability does very well. I mean, one thing you have to keep in mind with evasion is it's a very good ability because it's not easy for other people to pick up. I think yeah. it's like level, at least level six, six levels deep into rogue. Like that's an investment. It's not like it's a level one to three dip that you can just jump in and pick that up. I mean, at, at that point, that ability really is kind of the a core identity of the rogue class. You're very solidly into it at that point. I like those things. I like those things that make the classes different. And I like those things that when you achieve them as a player, you're like, yeah, I can do this. I'm thinking of like the totem warrior barbarian who can shrug off uh, a lot of different damages. They can get resistance to more than just regular standard damage. To me, that's like makes you a true tank and just this powerhouse, a hit point sink. And to me, that that's that's cool, and it, what's it's what makes a barbarian a barbarian. So yeah. So anyhow, uh, so what do we say to to DMs who are frustrated by this? Other than hey, this is a class feature that's meant to be there, that's meant to give them a feeling of powerfulness. What do we say to them that where they're like, well, but it's it's just it's making my game less fun, either to me or to the players. What's the solution? So if it's just less fun for you as a DM, I think maybe you need to take a look maybe at partly why you come to the table. Um, Not to say you can't have fun knocking people out. 
I enjoy when my party panics and they've got three out of five people down and they're hitting all of their panic buttons. Mm -hmm. That That is an enjoyable moment. But if it's just the rogue dodging that, you can still hit everyone else with that ability. And if it, it really becomes a problem because it's not fun for your players, then it's time to figure out what you can do differently. In the case of the dragon, are you really using the dragon to its full potential? Like, it's it's got that breath attack, but it still has claws and teeth, and that rogue may dance out of the way of fire breath, but it can still be shredded up pretty easy. Maybe the, the dragon goes in for a quick snack. It says, you know what? It's not worth the hassle of dealing with this little mob down there, but I'm going to pick off one of them and take off into the sky with my snack. I'd like to see the <laughs> rogue roll his uh, dexterity die to avoid that fall damage, because yeah. that's going to hurt when you come down one way or the other. I mean, there's things you can do behaviorally with even like a, a creature like that that still poses a threat even against that one ability. Minions are always an option, and I don't think necessarily the answer is always will change the combat encounter so that everyone is more likely to be hit by everything but if it's really becoming a detriment to your group maybe throw in a couple things that can cast like hold person or some other ability that will then negate the ability to even take a shot at a dexterity save i mean an automatic failed check even at half damage from a fireball or anything else is still a lot of damage and that's only if i feel like it's becoming a problem for your players if it's just a problem for you as the dm because you want to hurt them more i think you need to realize that sometimes your players are going to be very good in certain situations and that's okay and i would touch i would adding my two cents to it you know at this point we've both dm'd and i'll just speak for myself here but i've i've dm'd for over a hundred different people certainly maybe a few hundred and i would say without a shadow of a doubt that i have only had one person out of those couple hundred that I felt like I'm frustrated because I can't do anything to this person. I can't do anything to this character. And it's it's ruining my fun and a lot of the fun for the people at the table because he's just in control of everything all the time. But, but that's one out of several hundred, a couple hundred. So my my feeling would be, my suspicion is that it's not as prevalent in a player as a mindset. It's more prevalent in a DM who's unable to have the flexibility of play style to match different characters coming to the table. Here's the thing. You mentioned the dragon and dragon has a fire breath as the flyby attack as a multi-attack. It has spells. I mean, this dragon comes to the table ready to fight anything. It's ready to fight a rogue. It's ready to fight a wizard. It's ready to fight a fighter. And all of those abilities, different abilities will stack up better against different classes. So a lot of times I would say that the answer is if you're frustrated, look at how how proficient you are in running that encounter. Look back at it and say, did I use this monster's abilities as it's supposed to be? Because just looking at it and saying, well, that was a CR 10 dragon and my party was of the right level. So why didn't it? Why wasn't it a hard fight? Well, it might have been because it's a CR 10 because it has a lot of abilities, but you didn't make use of those in a proper way. I see posts a lot about, oh, my level 3 party just killed a CR-10 dragon. How do I make encounters challenging? It's like, well, yeah. 
part of it is understanding how the creatures <laughs> work. I do want to hit on, though, you kind of mentioned it with how many people you've DM'd for and kind of it being more on the DM side than the player side, like having less issues from players. And, you know, I think for the most part, I'd I'd have to agree. I think, especially at least at the conventions and like Adventures League type content, a lot of these people are old hats at the game or are used to, you know, a typical combat. They're used to things going a certain way. A lot of times they're used to trouncing over things just with the power levels in Adventures League. But mm-hmm. one thing I think both you and I do very well and sometimes feels almost necessary is either adapt the module slightly or improvise a little bit to help fill stuff out. And it's the moments where something slightly unexpected happens or you throw in an ability that maybe wouldn't otherwise be there that honestly gets them more excited than whether the fight is going good or bad. It's just that sense of something new and something different. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you need to be able to just say, you know what, this is what the monster stat block says. But based on the story, based on the drama in the moment, based on how this specific encounter is going, I want it to do this. And as long as it's something within reason, yeah. you have all the power in the world as a DM to hand wave it and say, this is a unique creature that happened to develop this way because of whatever nonsense situation you need it to, to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes you'll just have something crit because it will be more dramatic in that moment. Use your screen. I know I know some people like to do everything out in the open, but the screen is not there so you can get away with ruining your party. The screen is there so when your party is trouncing on you that yeah. you can still make it fun and and mix it up. You can roll some stuff out in front. You can throw some stuff behind the screen, but I think the screen is a very important tool that often gets overlooked or treated as if it's part of the enemy yeah i i could not agree more i mean i respect people who say hey i'm going to do everything in front of the screen or i'm not going to have a screen or whatever but it's a tool it's a tool that's been here since the beginning and it's there to allow you to make adjustments to make it interesting and i mean we're probably opening a whole nother can of worms by talking about adjusting monster stat blocks and you're going to have players that throw a fit about that and you're going to have maybe you yourself feel weird about that. And there's a lot of different ways of looking at that, but to me, that's a reasonable answer. But you know, the other reasonable answer I'm just going to come back to is that maybe this is an easy fight with a dragon because you have a party that's built for that fight and that's okay. They will have, if it's a party that's built for a dragon fight, they are probably not going to be built for the mind flayer fight that happens next or the beholder fight that happens next or the whatever, like, Different parties have different strengths and different weaknesses, and those will be made apparent at some point down the road. If you're looking for a great mix of just throwing stuff at your party and seeing what sticks, I mean, the new Dungeon of the Mad Mage is exactly that. I mean, it's a it's very much an old school, just dungeon crawl extravaganza, and every floor is mm-hmm. vastly different to the point where there's not going to be one set strategy that you're going to use to to take everything out. And and maybe you just need to have a little bit more of a madhouse style like that. 
I know a lot of campaigns get very themed where it's a very undead heavy thing or a very beast heavy thing or whatever else. And part of your frustrations may just be that you've pigeonholed yourself in too much. Mix it up. Get a little bit crazy with it. The the wackier, the better. Not always, but sometimes it's nice to have, you know, something just really out there. Yeah. Well, and, and here's another thing that you might be struggling against. Uh, you said it right there is a the lack of variety. How many times do I see a DM in the in the forums that's like, oh, I'm running a campaign where they're hunting dragons. Or, or I'm running an undead campaign where there's an undead scourge, you know, happening across the land. I'm like, okay, you're in for a rough ride as a DM. Because what you have just done is say, if you're playing a rogue or you're playing a cleric or whatever, you're going to do well all the time. And I'm going to have a hard time making this a challenge. So that's another thing that you might look at is reevaluate your campaign if you're a dm and you're finding that time after time after time your your party is just running through your your fights say okay is it because the campaign that i'm trying to run facilitates an ideal play style that this party is is more than adequate at because i think that sometimes happens and i think the, the sometimes it's a matter of the dm being frustrated about the scenario that they themselves put together yeah, I don't I don't feel like I have too much more to that add to this. I don't want it to come across as being aggressive because there sure. is a more new players in this game than ever before. There are more new DMs in this game than ever before, and this should not be something that scares you away from running any of that. But something yeah. to keep in mind and be aware of is that your players will sometimes be very good at stuff. Sometimes it's just because that's how your party is built. Sometimes it will be a learning opportunity for you to say, well, this is how I could have played that differently. Yeah. Um, and other times the dice are the dice. Sometimes you did do everything in your power and they get, you know, back-to-back crits out of nowhere that just trivialize the whole thing. That's that's just kind of the game. Well, the only other thing I would add is I kind of directing our ire at the players for a moment because I think there are those, those that small percentage of players that are maxing out their characters in a way that is meant to hoard fun. I, I know you're of you're of the opinion, and I don't I don't have any problem with this. You're of the opinion that you really like to power build. You really like to to get the maximum out of a class or something like that. And I don't have any problem with that. But I think why I don't have a problem with it is because at the heart you're saying hey, I like to be efficient and effective, and and uh, I'm that's, that's why I'm in here, and I'm willing to share in the total experience, but for my own little character, he's going he's gonna to be this certain way. But I would say that there, if you're the type of player who is, if you're looking around the table and you're the only one having fun, then it might be you. And if you're the only player who seems to be winning every fight or, or in control of every RP scenario or is always the person that's figuring out the traps or puzzles or the skill checks or the whatever there might actually be a case to be made that it's not a dm problem it's a player problem well and this is going to be my almost <laughs> weekly plug at this point for you stat arrays don't roll for stats that's what happens when you roll for stats yeah one, one yeah. person comes to the table with a miraculous group of full 18s and then you have three other people who their highest stat is a 13 yeah. 
some people that. like that, but I it's it's not for me, and I just I really like picking at it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, and and you know it's not even like 100 percent of that that if uses stat arrays will combat a lot of it. Another part of it is just if you find yourself going onto forums and 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 again leading up to this, I don't think that this is you know the supremacy is bad, but going onto forums and saying like what's the best build I can do out of this class. That should be a red flag right there for you. Now, again, I'm not saying that that's that that's the thing that's that you shouldn't be doing, but I'm saying that's a red flag. And what that means is you need to be paying attention that when you come to the table with your character who is awesome and rightly so, that you're being aware of the rest of the party around you and saying, I know I'm the best and I can handle every single charisma check and every single dex check and every single encounter that comes our way. But I want to make sure that the rest of the party is still having fun, including the DM. Well, and that's part of, I think, just being a good player. I don't think there's any one build that is a problem build or a broken build or necessarily an anti-fun build if it's put in the hands of a responsible player who's there to have an enjoyable time with everybody. Sometimes it's knowing that you can take care of a situation, but it's not your turn in the spotlight and you allow someone else to get that finishing blow maybe you don't pull out all the stops i i case in point and i feel like if you had needed to zach you could have been far nastier to me than you were but with my aarakocra warlock i've been playing i've been very intentionally trying to play him as a a true swordsman and not flying a hundred feet up in the air and then blasting everything with with eldritch blast because that's not fun even if it would be more effective in many cases. Exactly, exactly. And here's the thing, players. You will find that your DM isn't going to get onto the forums and say, how do I ruin this player's life? (laughs) If you will give them a pass or give the rest of the party a pass every other session or every session at some point or something like. If if the DM feels like, hey, you're, you're here to have fun and you're here to help the whole group of people have fun. He's not going to sit, get on online and say, please help me find a way to bring this person down a notch. Or you have session zeros and you talk to each other like adults and <laughs> we, we don't scurry behind each other's backs trying to find the secrets to unlocking the despair cage. Speaking of the despair cage, it's the holiday season. That's right. Nothing but despair at every corner. <laughs> So it's the holiday season, and are we done talking about keeping your players from having fun? Yeah, I think every additional minute we talk about this, we bleed 10 subscribers. Let's uh, move on to fun things. Cool. So uh, speaking of despair, holiday season, we are going to do another giveaway. I can tell you a few things about this giveaway. Is it Christmas-themed? No. And uh, I think you pretty much just ruined it. It's Bite of D&D themed. That's horrible. But... Let me tell you what it is, and maybe this will make everything better. We are giving away some of our awesome Chessex mini dice. It's a full set of seven polyhedrals that are mini-sized. They're real fun. You, and then, you mean bite-sized. Bite-sized, that's right. And then, let's see, I, we're going to give away some of our own cool swag. And then I also went to our local FLG and picked up a couple of minis that I thought were awesome. One is my favorite, favorite dwarf mini. So you'll get that. And then a second one, I had never seen this one before. I think it might be a first edition 
Bones Reaper, but it is an undead halfling rogue, and it is every bit as awesome as that sounds. It's got a cleaver for a weapon. Anyhow, it's super cool. And this undead halfling rogue is basically a full-on skeleton. No flesh. No so flesh. in some world, somewhere out there, some DM got to drop a fireball on a rogue, and it came back for more. You could could have this many ready and waiting, and when your rogue dies to that fireball, that one fireball that he doesn't evade, you can have this many ready to swap out and just lay there on the ground and say, okay, this is what you look like now. Okay, so we're going to give away those two tiny minis. We're going to give away a tiny set of dice, bite-sized, 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 some swag. All you have to do is in the next two weeks, so till somewhere around the first part of January, get on iTunes and leave us a review. Any review, any amount of stars, we're not picky. And if you leave a review, you'll be entered into the drawing, and we will announce the tag name of the winner on a future podcast, and you can claim your your prize. We will mail it to your door. Anyway, I think that's all I've got. Zach, any final thoughts you want to end on? No, uh, I mentioned iTunes. Obviously, we're running uh, this little giveaway for it, If but if you would, just please, um, anytime throughout the year that you're thinking about it, go on iTunes, give us a review, tell people what you think about us, get on Facebook, get on Twitter, like us on there, follow us. We really appreciate any outreach that you do. Um, if you ever want to tell us your thoughts, give us your criticisms, you can message us privately on those. And finally, if you are a creator of content related to D&D and you're like, hey, I have made something cool and I would like a few hundred more people to know about it, give us a holler and we would love to talk to you and perhaps bring you onto the podcast and give you an opportunity like we've done here in the past couple weeks to tell us why people should be interested in your cool stuff. Yep. So far uh, we are, we do have several people kind of lined up. We've got a couple streamers. We've got a couple publishers, we've got some people who up demo games at conventions. We've got some people starting their own conventions got several things kind of in the pipeline as soon as we can all find time to kind of get together to record schedules right now i know for everybody are a little bit hectic speaking of the season of despair and the holidays (laughs) but we will have more of that content coming to you and if that's something that you want to be a part of if you would like to join us on that always feel free to reach out and we will try and get something worked in with you all right guys we will see you all next week later 